Hello and welcome to another episode of Vipers Voices, the place for everything Desert Vipers as the franchise moves towards its first match in the inaugural DP World ILT20 in the UAE, a meeting with Sharjah Warriors at the Dubai International Stadium on Sunday 15th of January 2023. I'm Brian Murgatroyd, and today, with the clock ticking down towards that opening encounter, we've got a fascinating interview with all-rounder Benny Howell, who tells us why T20 cricket is anything but hit and giggle, as he explains his training methods and theories that help make him one of the most sought-after players on the circuit. So, sit back, relax, and get ready to hear a thoroughly engaging chat. Benny's coming into the ILT20 off the back of the Abu Dhabi T10 and then the Lanka Premier League, where he impressed for the Colombo Stars with his side finishing as tournament runners-up after losing out in a thrilling final to the defending champions, the Jaffna Kings. Benny's a terrific thinker on the game and coming up we get a glimpse at how he sets about preparing for his role as a middle-order finisher, including his use of heavy balls in training. And basically what it does is it... it exaggerates the way you're hitting the ball. So if you're hitting it well with a heavy ball, it will really feel good, it will stick on the bat, but if you don't, you feel like you're going to drop the bat. It's, you, you hit it, so it, it's a really good so indicator whether you're hitting it well or not. And as an all-rounder, Benny also tells us about his strengths as a bowler and how he gets ready to approach that part of his game. I, I like to be, think I'm very accurate with, with where, where I'm, uh, I'm bowling it, but also I put a lot of research in before games to know what the strengths of the other batters and, uh, and weaknesses are. So I would adjust the sort of bowling styles to my bowling styles to, to those batters. It doesn't always come off, but you know, if I do the right research, do the right work beforehand, then I can go in the game with a free mind and then have a clear plan you know, going into that, that overall, that ball. He's not content just to be a travelling T20 cricketer either. And Benny explains he still has international ambitions that he hopes can be fuelled by good performances in tournaments like the ILT20. I mean, I'm never going to stop my dream of wanting to play for England, so that's definitely a big thing. And I guess all I can do is play in the tournaments I've been selected in and perform as much as I can. So I know I was close-ish to, to getting involved in the World Cup. It's amazing to see them win. It was, that was awesome. Um, I just got to keep performing with both bat and ball, and I guess we never know. See what happens. And as for what's to come, Benny's a calm man, but his thoughts are probably in line with many, many people around the world, with the start of the tournament coming up fast on the rails. I don't think I'm going to go in with too many expectations. I'm going to go in and I'm going to look forward to the challenges ahead and enjoy my time playing with the best and against the best. So, look, it looks an exciting tournament and can't wait to get involved. All this and more then in our chat with Benny Howell, and it's coming up next. Benny's a vastly experienced T20 player, having played more than 180 short-form matches all around the world. We started off our chat by asking him how his connection with the Desert Vipers came about. In the summer, in July actually, it, was, it all came all quite of a sudden. Like, it was a message from my manager saying that the, the Desert Vipers managers would like to offer me a deal and it was hard to turn down. So now I'm very excited about coming and playing in it. It's a time of the year when there are a whole host of tournaments going on around the world with the, the BPL, the BBL, 
the new South African franchise tournament. They're all going head-to-head with the ILT20. What tipped the scales for you in opting for the UAE? Maybe a couple of reasons. I think I heard a lot about this competition. As you can see, there's so many class players playing in it, which means that uh, you're going to be challenged, and I like to be challenged. So that was number one. And number two was, I, I, like I said before, I got offered before any of the draft, so it was an offer that was hard to turn down. Um, I'm very happy to be playing under Tom Moody. I, I, he worked with me in Bangladesh in the past, so that was a, that was a big convincer for me as well. Was it a tough decision as you've been a regular in the past in the BPL and had a very successful campaign with Chattergram last winter, especially with the bat? Not so much because I, at the time I got offered uh, to play for the Desert Vipers. I wasn't sure when the BPL was going to be on, whether it was on at the same time. And obviously it is the same time as, as this tournament. So, um, But no, it wasn't that tough because it's a new tournament, new challenge, and I enjoy, I enjoy fresh challenges. Last summer in the T20 Blast in England and Wales, you batted mainly at seven in a finisher's role to find the boundary and you bowled first or second change. Do you see that as your role with the Desert Vipers? Most likely, I think. Um, I don't think they would have uh, picked me in a side if, it, you know, if they're going to put me in a new role. But, a new role. but um, I guess I'll have a chat with Tom Moody and, and James Foster, uh, the coaches and, and managers, and see where they think my role will be. But I assume that's, that's why they picked me. But um, I'm happy to adapt whenever they need. Ahead of the ILT20, you've opted to play in the T10 tournament in Abu Dhabi. Was that a conscious decision to help in acclimatisation ahead of the ILT20? Or was it just the way the cards fell? No, just the way the cards fell. Um, there was a T10 draft and I played for Bangalore last year and I really enjoyed playing for this franchise in the T10. Uh, T10's an amazing comp. It's so fun. It's short and sharp, but it definitely prepares you in a real intense way for, for T20 cricket. So it's, I guess it's a bonus for that as well. What do you make of the Desert Vipers lineup, and what chance do you give the side of doing something special in the inaugural edition of the tournament? Well, I was actually chatting with Colin, Colin Monroe, who's he's part of the side too, and we were saying how, how the side looks pretty strong. So, I mean, I guess all sides uh, are going to be quite strong, but I do like the look of our side. So let's hope we can uh, we can perform on that. As someone who's played around the world in the PSL, the BPL, and the BBL, as well as the T20 Blast and the Hundred in the UK. You've come across many players in action in the ILT20 before, but is there anyone you're especially looking forward to lining up with for the Desert Vipers? I play with Alex Hales in the BPL a few years ago for Rangpur Riders. Uh, I enjoy playing with him, so I'm very much looking forward to playing alongside him again. And is there anyone you're especially looking forward to lining up against? I noticed, for example, that uh, your Birmingham Phoenix captain, Moen Ali, he's lining up for the Sharjah franchise. I'm not particularly looking forward to bowling to him, no. <laughs> uh, but we'll see how it goes. If I do get a chance to bowl with him, I'll have to be on my best performance. <laughs> what do you think of the backroom staff for the squad? This head coach, James Foster, director of cricket, Tom Moody, batting coach, Neil McKenzie, seam bowling coach, Azam Mahmood. They're all staff you'll be working with closely. That sounds pretty good to me. I mean, I worked with, um, I said I worked with Tom Moody before when he was coach, uh, actually for the same side when I was with Alex Hales at Rangpur Riders. And um, I really enjoyed working with him. So I'm looking forward to getting, getting to know him again, even more during the, the competition. And James Foster, I uh, worked with him briefly when he was a, a fielding coach for another team in Bangladesh I played for. So, I mean, it's a good crew. And Neil McKenzie, actually, I forget. I, I actually played with him at Hampshire years ago. And he's a funny man, so I'm enjoying, I'm looking forward to meeting him again. With your role with the bat, how do you go about practising? Is it just a case of walking into a net and trying to hit every ball for four or six? Or is it a bit more scientific than that? 
Well, I'm still learning. I'm still learning what is the best way because you, you want to practice like you are in a game and that means you might face only five balls, ten balls. Um, but at the same time, you want to get your good practice in. So I'm trying to find a balance between having a good long practice session, good long hit, and then sometimes going straight into net and going, right, I've got to hit my first few balls for four or six. And I think it's finding that balance. Um, I'm, I'm a big, big advocate for the heavy bat and the, the heavy balls, which um, a guy called Julian Wood, who's a power hitting coach, uses. Um, for guys who, especially like myself, are down the middle order trying to hit fours and sixes, uh, I use them quite a lot just to sort of get my, you know, my juices flowing, um, get get the sort of feeling of of hitting hitting the ball hard. So I use that a lot too. So it's just at the right time finding the right balance of of training. When did you get involved with Coach Julian Wood with these theories? A few years ago now, actually. Um, he worked near a school near me called Bradfield, and um, I knew he started coaching and he got into this and. He's brilliant. No, he'll, he'll throw to you. He'll give you the ideas of how it works and, and where you should hit the ball and contact points. And, and basically what it does is it, it exaggerates the way you're hitting the ball. So if you're hitting it well with a heavy ball, it will really feel good. It will stick on the bat. But if you don't, you feel like you're going to drop the bat. It's, you, you hit it. So it, it's a really good so indicator whether you're hitting it well or not. I've seen players swinging two bats around before they go to the crease. Is that the same principle? I think it's a similar thing, yeah. And it's, it's a bit more... We, I guess, specific with the heavy balls as well. But yeah, same sort of principle. If you see, I guess, baseball hitters when they're waiting to, to go into the batter's box, they're, they're swinging, with, they get these heavy sort of rings they put on the bat and they practice swinging and, and stuff like that. So I guess once you get your own bat, it'll feel really light and you feel good. So it, whether it's uh, scientifically proven or not, I'm not sure, but it is, definitely makes batters feel good. What about working with a batting or a bowling coach in T20? What do they do? Well, I think the best coaches, and especially in, in a tournament that's only about a month or so, is, is the, the guys that are sort of watch every individual and adapt their coaching styles to each individual. So for myself, it would be just, just being aware of and present with what I do with the bat. And if they can see anything that I can't see, they give me some advice or tips. And the other side is like tactically, how do, how do we go about it tactically? What, what's your game plan on these wickets against this bowler? So the mental side of things like that, they would, they would really help. I think the best, best coaches are, are very good at that. What about UAE conditions, Benny? Are you familiar with them? And, and what are your expectations? Well, I know from last year playing in the T10, uh, the wickets were pretty good, but it, it, they can skid quite low. So then you've got to adjust your lengths accordingly. If you, if you float the ball up there, um, you can't really rely on any sort of swing or slowness of the pitch to sort of get you out of trouble because the ball travels as well here. So you've got to adjust your lengths accordingly to, to the wickets. And generally, a sort of back of length skidding in with good, good change-ups are, are generally quite good. What about your bats? Well, luckily, because I, I bat down the order, I actually get bats with a low middle because obviously bowlers more often than not are going to bowl Yorkers at the death. So I generally have that, which actually suit conditions over here because the ball's staying low. You want to, your ball's going to probably hit lower on the bat. So I think that's, that's probably what I do. What's your main asset as a bowler, would you say? All the variations, I guess. I guess a lot of the time the batter's not sure what's coming down. But I think what people forget is, I think it's just my line and length. I think I'm very, I, I like to be, think I'm very accurate with, with where, where I'm, uh, I'm bowling it. But also I put a lot of research in before games to know what the strengths of the other batters and, uh, and weaknesses are. So I would adjust the sort of bowling styles to, my bowling styles to, to those batters. It doesn't always come off, but you know, if I do the right research, do the right work beforehand, then I can go in the game with a free mind and then have a clear plan 
you know, going into that, that overall, that ball. So I go to the analyst always before a game and I say, this is what I want. And he gets it up straight away. And so we work together on that and he'll give me graphs and, and pitch maps of where batters hit it, where they don't, where they struggle. And I'll watch videos and then I'll, I'll look at that and, and I go, okay, what, what works? What, what, what's my strengths and then what's going to work against these sort of batters? Um, sometimes you can go too much into that uh, and forgot about my own strengths. But if you use it in the right way, I think it's very valuable. Come on, let us know. How many variations have you got? Or, or is that a trade secret? Not a trade secret. I mean, I, I have about four different grips for my normal medium pace run up. And within those four different grips are just my, my hand positions um, and angles of my arm to make the ball do different things. Um, but I'm also actually at the minute really working hard on adding a couple more styles of bowling. So I want to bowl quick leg spin as well, which I've been working on for a few years. I bowled it in the BPL last year and off spin with some with some carom balls for the left-handers especially um so that's that's something i'm working on which may may well come out in the in the tournament what about the fact that this tournament unlike so many others openly embraces associate and affiliate cricketers and we'll see them including uae cricketers in every starting lineup do you like that it's great i think it's just i think they're just increasing the participation around the world and there's a lot of talented players over here um you see you know afghanistan over the last few years have come up and now uae there's a lot of good players so it's exciting to get yeah more nations involved and and increase the cricketing world if, if you like what are your expectations for this tournament for yourself and the desert vipers i don't think i'm going to go in with too many expectations i'm going to go in and i'm going to look forward to the challenges ahead and enjoy my time playing with the best and against the best so Look, it looks an exciting tournament and I can't wait to get involved. What about your own aspirations as a player, Benny? How inspired were you by England's T20 World Cup win? And do you believe that uh, a decent showing in tournaments like the ILT20 can catapult you into the selection conversation? I hope so. Look, I mean, I'm never going to stop my dream of wanting to play for England. So that's definitely a big thing. And I guess all I can do is play in the tournaments I've been selected in and perform as much as I can. So I know I was close-ish to, to getting involved in the World Cup. It's amazing to see them win. It was, that was awesome. Um, i just got to keep performing with both bat and ball and I guess we never know, see what happens. You've not played first-class cricket since 2019, but you did appear in your first List A match for three years last summer when you lined up for the England Lions against the South Africans. Are you now exclusively a T20 player or do you still have any ambitions in the other formats? I wouldn't say I'm 100% exclusively a T20 player, but I have signed a white ball contract with Hampshire with the option to play red ball cricket if, if things work out. Uh, hamstring actually I tore my hamstring off the bone in 2019 I was out for a year and a bit and that's actually the time I stopped playing four-day cricket because I felt like I couldn't get through more than 10-12 overs in a day um, so I ended up going towards T20 cricket and uh, and being selective there but I'm, I wouldn't say my ambitions are, are are over with Red Bull cricket I guess at the minute T20 cricket is a focus because of the winter tournaments but when, when summer comes around it all depends we'll see how it goes but I, I am I am interested in playing Red Bull down the line for my county, for sure. What about List Day, one-day cricket? There's a 50-over Cricket World Cup in 2023. Is that format on your radar? Maybe, yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I want to. I told you earlier about adapting my styles of bowling, bowling spin as well as my hybrid medium pace. So, you know, in 10 overs, you know, I can bowl, you know, different different balls, different styles, become sort of more than one bowler in in, in a spell. So, look. I don't want to look too far ahead, but 
yeah, definitely on my radar. Benny, the Desert Vipers have agreed a sponsorship deal with 1.5 Degrees Sport, which is promoting more sustainable choices around the environment and the climate. And part of that agreement will see electric scooters supplied for the squad to make use of. Well, look, apart from the fun element of that, how proud are you to be involved in a franchise that puts that sort of thing front and centre of its agenda? I actually didn't know that until now, but it sounds pretty pretty good. I, mean, I live in Bristol, which is very, they, 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 they try and go electric and green. There's all this electric scooters going around. So I didn't, haven't actually gotten one yet, but I'm looking forward to. So I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. I think we're in a position to, to really advocate, you know, changes in, in that sort of way. So I think it's fantastic. Benny Howell there a really thought-provoking interview with someone who's all set to be a great asset for the Desert Vipers in the inaugural season of the ILT20. And that wraps up another episode of Vipers Voices. As ever, please like and subscribe to make sure you get the very latest interviews and news from the Desert Vipers camp in the lead-up to ILT20. And a reminder that we'll be giving you exclusive insider reaction after every Vipers match of the tournament, so please stay with us. And remember, you can also follow the Desert Vipers on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook too. For now though, this is Brian Murgatroyd and as ever, thanks so much for listening.